Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you Monday night, August 29th into Tuesday, August 30th. And what does that mean? That means it is good. Game week. Yes, it is game week. Michigan will be taking the football field at the big house this Saturday, less than a week away. Oh, man, very excited about that and so many things to get to. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was dropping bombshells over the weekend. We're going to take a look at that. We're going to try and deep dive Colorado State, the opponent uh, at the big house this Saturday, a little bit here today as well. My partner, Scotty White, what's going on, man? How are we doing here this evening? I'm doing great, man. We finally made it. We are to game week. Um, I'm super excited. You know, we had our first days to college football this past weekend, and uh, I was scheduled to work, and I was looking forward to, you know, pulling the games up on my uh, computer the whole time, but my streams were not working. So I actually did not get to watch a second of football, except for a little bit of that Hawaii-Vanderbilt game. Um, so Well, that's, that's kind excited. of... Kind of good news for you, though, given how much you were pumping up Nebraska to cover against Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, I did not watch any of that game, which is a blessing for me because, it, yeah, it bad things happened. I, I still can't believe I made that pick. But anyways, this is going to be a better week for me betting, I promise, and I can't wait for it. Absolutely. We'll have the pick and pod out for you, I believe, on Friday, uh, Friday every week. That's what that's going to be dropping. So uh, very much keep a lookout for that uh, with myself, Scotty White, and Von Lozon. But 
the big news over the weekend, the thing that everyone wants to talk about, and rightfully so, because you could have probably gave me a thousand guesses at this, and uh, I was not expecting Jim Harbaugh to announce what he announced. Like, if they were going to do what they're doing, I would have just simply thought that it would be done. Uh, Jim Harbaugh just came out and said it, that uh, Cade McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, they've both been uh, playing very good at camp, and uh, he's not ready to determine, a, to determine a starter for the rest of the season. So we're going to see Cade starting the quarterback position uh, week one against Colorado State, then uh, game number two against Hawaii. It's going to be J.J. McCarthy to get a start. And, yeah, man, I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of blown away. I'm I, I'm. I don't mind it, I don't think. I mean, we're going to talk about it here, but it is just it's a very odd thing to do. I don't necessarily think that it's the wrong thing to do, but it is certainly uh, out of the ordinary, Scotty. It definitely is, man. And yeah, I remember we talked about it earlier in the summer about, you know, when we were going to find out and you know, there was the old hardball like you mentioned uh back back in the back when we did one of these shows and, you know, the old Harbaugh wouldn't release the roster. Uh, I think it was the year that Michigan opened season Notre Dame. Um, yeah, yeah. Jim Brando lost out. his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, now he, you just check Twitter and see the, the quarterback announcement. And yeah, I mean, I first glanced at it and I just saw, I was, I, I think I was at work when it happened as well. And I just saw that, um, I just saw Cade McNamara will start against Colorado State, and I didn't even read the rest of it. And then I came back like five <laughs> minutes later. I was like, oh, wait, this is just not at all what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I mean, at the end of the day, we kind of knew that it wasn't going to get resolved. Like We mentioned it. I know other folks have mentioned it. We didn't really think that this was going to get resolved until a couple of games into the season. We, we said it multiple, multiple times. I just didn't think – this was the way it was going to get resolved. Uh, you know, we, we kind of thought it was going to be similar to last year. Cade was probably going to take the first snaps. Just thought we'd see maybe more J.J. McCarthy mixed in the games than we did uh, a year ago. But I still don't know how this is going to work. Like, are we still going to see that? Because that was a viable thing for Michigan a year ago was, was to have Cade as the primary guy and mix in J.J. McCarthy. Like, are we going to see that against Colorado State? Or are we going to see all Cade McNamara, and then the plan is to see all J.J. McCarthy against Hawaii. Are we still going to see splits between the two in the two games, just one guy's getting the start and maybe a majority of the the reps? That's really what I'm interested to see as well. Yeah, and I think I think I saw from today's presser for Harbaugh that he said that you will still see uh, McCarthy in the game against, against Colorado State, but I don't think it's going to be anything different. I don't think it's going to be the same as last year where you just mix them in a random place, but maybe at the end of the game when it's a blowout, I wasn't quite sure how to read into that. Um, but in terms of the decision, I think I like it. You know, it's it definitely, I've, I've had some time to think about it now. At first I was like, I like, like you were saying, like I'd never imagined that this would happen. Like, I don't even know how to feel about it, but I think I like it. I think, you know, Michigan has two really good quarterbacks. Um, and, of course, our, our rival fan bases are spinning that as something that's negative, uh, which I think is humorous. Um, I, I like it. I mean, you've got two really good quarterbacks. You're playing – I mean, dude, Vanderbilt just beat Hawaii 63-10 to 10 at Hawaii. Like, yes, anything's possible. Something crazy could happen where they upset Michigan. But you've got two lesser opponents that you're playing. Why not give both of the guys a game to start and prove it out on the field, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously there hasn't been enough separation in camp either. 
you know, that's that's kind of, uh, I guess, the surprising thing. I thought for sure there was going to be, like, one guy that was ahead of the other at the end of this thing. But from the sounds of it, I mean, you can only take coach speak, you know, so much with a grain of salt. But, you know, Cade McNamara, he keeps saying he's playing the best football of his life. Jim Harbaugh said he could be, you know, one of the most uh, improved players, football players that they have on the team from a year ago. And this is a guy that went out and won you, you know, 11 games and, you know, a Big Ten championship. So if he's that much improved as they're making it seem, I mean, it's hard to imagine that he isn't the guy. But at the end of the day, if you're giving J.J. a shot, uh, in uh, against Hawaii, you know, a team like you said that Vandy was able to run the score up on. I mean, he's going to be set up for success in, in that Hawaii game too. You know, maybe a little more so than, than the Colorado State game. We're going to get into that as we kind of deep dive Colorado State here. But I mean, so it's it, it's it's going to be rather interesting to see. And I, I do wonder, you know, if they have a a lean the coaching staff, if they have something that they think. You know what I'm saying? Uh, obviously, they're going to want these guys to show it, go out there and show it, but I wonder if they are leaning one way or the other, just not tipping their hand. Yeah, no, that could definitely be the case. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I honestly thought, like, leading up to this and, like, the past couple weeks, everything I've heard, I was thinking that it was going to be Cade for sure. Um, you know, it was Dave Repstein from BTN. went to the They did their campus tours and went to a Michigan practice. Um, and he said that there's no doubt in his mind that it should be Cade. Um, it just seemed like all the signs were pointing to that. Um, but I think it's like you said, it says a lot about the race and how neck and neck it is. Cause we're hearing all these good things about Cade. Um, and, and obviously if Cade is, is far and away the better option, Harbaugh's always been loyal to his quarterbacks. Like he, he would just make him the starter. So I think it really shows that JJ's obviously doing a lot right. And it's obviously very neck and neck. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're leaning one way and they're just like, okay, we're playing two teams that aren't very good. We might as well just give them both the option to see how they do in the game. So I did hear from someone, you know, that, that I trust that, uh, is, you know, kind of knows what's going on, uh, is that for a majority of camp, it was Cade, like Cade was the guy he was out playing JJ, but within the last week, uh, JJ's made an incredibly strong push. That's what I heard. I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm not reporting that as fact. I'm not Adam Schefter here or anything, but you could buy into that what you will. I'm going to choose to to believe that because I trust the person that told me this. Um, and if that's the case, totally understandable because we know JJ has just unbelievable talent. Um, and you know, on the on the flip side, if Cade could be the guy, like, we know that Cade is an incredible leader. He's the first quarterback in the uh, John Harbaugh era to be elected, or Jim Harbaugh era, excuse me, to be um, elected a captain, you know, uh, for the season. He was elected that by his teammates. We, we've heard many good things, you know, uh, about Cade from his teammates. Mozzie Smith had an incredible quote about him as well. Um, so we know he's an incredible leader. We know he's a very smart quarterback. If he's able to really maybe start taking the top off the defense, taking some chances here, and I saw that theory kind of floated around as well, right? Like that the I saw a theory on Twitter, I can't remember who said it, that uh, you know the, the coaching staff you know, might be 
little frustrated with Cade in the amount of times he checks down, and they're starting JJ in the Hawaii game to kind of push him and to make sure he's he's up in his points per drive metric a, a little bit. So that's an interesting theory here as well that maybe the coaching staff wants it to be Cade because they know his leadership, they know how how good he was in a lot of those games, uh, you know, a year ago, not turning over the football that they probably don't win. You know, if they just have a couple more turnovers, you know, and JJ was a little prone to that last year. Um, but at the end of the day, man, JJ is going to have an incredible opportunity in week two against Hawaii. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, night game against a, a really, really bad team. Um, it's going to be a, a chance to really light up the scoreboard. Um, so, I mean, I'm really excited for those first, it really adds a lot of, a lot of juice to that, those first two games. Cause you know, obviously we're all already super excited for the season to be back and watch some Michigan football. But now that we know that it's, you know, kind of like a tryout for the two quarterbacks, um, it really adds a lot to both games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it definitely could be something where, you know, they don't want Cade to get complacent. Um, and they're, you know, this, I mean, it's going to push him. He said it before that it's a healthy quarterback battle and both of them being so good makes each other, makes both of them work better. Um, and I think it also could have been an instance where JJ realized within the last, you know, week or two, like, okay, I'm starting to be outplayed and it's because I'm, I'm being too risky with it. And he really realized that he needs to be safer with it and just started making those better decisions down the last couple stretches of the, uh, of fall camp, and, and that could have been another factor uh, in Harbaugh's decision here. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just, I'm excited really to see if the offenses look different between the two. And if so, I'm sure there are going to be some variety and some differences with, with the way that the two play, but if is it super fast? You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what I'm intrigued to see. Uh, are we going to see, you know, Cade really just go with the flow of the offense and maybe JJ, you know, he's just out there making plays, being the playmaker, you know, that he is, but not necessarily going with that first read that's wide open, but taking a couple of shots. And if if there is a difference in, you know, how successful the two offenses are uh, with the two different style of plays, if that happens to be the case, man, because that's definitely, you know, kind of one thing that we, we saw last year is that's exactly what happened. JJ was out there and he was making throws because he trusts his arm and he's got an incredible arm talent, whereas... Cade stays within the flow of the offense, and if the deep shot's there, you know, a lot of times he's going to take it, particularly on the flea flickers and things like that, but uh, ultimately he's just going to take what the defense gives him when, you know, J.J.'s going to, you know, take what the defense isn't giving him, and, you know, a lot of the times it works out too, you know? Yeah, definitely, and um, it, 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 that is really interesting because, you know, you're going to think that they're going to have Cade throwing the ball more because – I mean, anybody can turn around and hand the ball off to Blake Corbin, Donovan Edwards, you know? Um, so I would be I, – I, I forget who it was recently in one of the uh, pressers who said that this is still uh, a run-first offense. Um, which I, I think, saw, which I still think it is. It's, it's going yeah. to be. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if in these first two games it's more passing, you know, to see what these two guys can do with their arms because, well, it probably still will be – a run first offense, either of those guys can turn around and hand the ball off, but who's going to be the one that can make the more, first of all, smart decisions with the passing game, um, but also who can make those explosive plays through the air uh, when they can't run the ball, you know? Right, exactly. So, yeah, it, it's going to be fun, though, man. Like you said, it's going to be a lot of juice surrounding these two games. Uh, the 
the the unfortunate part is, you know, the fan base seems to be pretty split. At the end of the day, man, I don't care who wins the job. I want the better guy to win the guy who is going to give Michigan the better chance to win football games each and every week as we get into Big Ten play. I don't care if that's Kate. I don't care if that's JJ. I want the guy. I, I don't think, you know, people keep choosing sides here and attacking one, one another, and it, it's crazy to me. Like, just let him go out and play and let's settle it on the field. Yeah, dude, I, I'm glad you said that because I'm totally on the exact same page with you. Like, it, it, it is weird, man. You go on Twitter and you see there's like a Cade fa- following and a JJ following. Whoever wins the job is going to be the better quarterback. Just have trust in the coaches. And, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, that you hear is just, you know, just joking around on Twitter and stuff. Um, but but obviously with everybody, it's not that. Um and, and really, just trust the coaches. Whoever is in there is going to be the best guy for the job, and it's going to give the best the team the best chance to win. I couldn't care less, dude. Whoever whoever wins the job, I'm I'm, I'm cheering for Michigan to win football games, and they're going to be the best. They're going to be the best person for that. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens this Saturday. Speaking of that, let's go ahead and take a look at their opponent in Colorado State. But before we do, I want to let you know that support for Brewcast is brought to you by Manscaped, best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are amazing. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package is awesome. The ultimate men's hygiene bundle, and we're giving you a good discount on it. By the way, Performance Package comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with the Nick Guard. Incredible technology. I don't know where it's been all my life. Uh, the Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer. You got the, the deodorant, the toner, and then the Performance Boxer Briefs. They're so comfortable. Uh, you wear them. They're, you know, anti-chafing. It's amazing. And you get a great overnight bag to hold it all, man. I use mine. Just use mine uh, this weekend, and I absolutely love it. We want to get you 20% off and free shipping. All you have to do is use code MNB20 at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code MNB20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So Colorado State coming to town. Jay Norvell, the head coach, his first year at Colorado State taking over a team that went 3-9 and nine a year ago. Uh, you take a look, though, at... Some of the some of the games that they played, they had a, a close loss to Vanderbilt. Obviously, that's that's not a good one when you lose 24-21 to a very bad Vanderbilt team a year ago. Uh, they won at Toledo. The, the one I'm really looking at is they gave Utah all, pretty much all they could handle at Kinnick. Utah came away with the 24-14 uh, victory over Colorado State. Then they went on to beat San Jose State, won at New Mexico State, and then ended up losing every game down the stretch. Lost by two at Utah State, lost by nine to Boise State, lost by two touchdowns at Wyoming, lost by two touchdowns to Air Force at home, uh, lost at Hawaii by five in a shootout, 50-45, to and then got crushed by Nevada in the last game of the season. But this is a team that returned some experience six starters on both sides of the ball a lot of transfers uh though in key positions on the offensive side clay millen a transfer from nevada uh potentially going to be seeing him start under center as a redshirt freshman for colorado state uh, also, some different uh, Nevada transfers as well, like Melquan Stovall Jr. Uh, at receiver. We'll see if we see a whole lot of him. We also see uh, Torrey Horton, who is a sophomore 
Uh, and he is also a transfer from Nevada, as well as Jacob Gardner, a sophomore from Nevada. He plays uh, center. And then the their potential right guard, Gray Davis, uh, also a transfer from Nevada. So uh, a lot of transfers on the offensive side of the football, but some returning experience in a team that finished minus five in the turnover margin last year and some pretty decent, you know, performances as a young team a year ago, um, you know, uh, Michigan is obviously favored heavily in this game, as they should be. But this is a team that could come out with a little juice and potentially, you know, maybe scare Michigan in the first couple of quarters. Yeah, I, 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 I totally think that that actually is going to happen. Um, you know, it's it's the first game. It's Colorado State. It's at noon. It's it's going to be. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of sleepwalking. Uh, maybe not from from Cade McNamara though. He's he's got his little tryout going. Um, so that, that could provide some juice for him and the offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the projected depth chart for Colorado state this year, it's a lot of experienced guys. I mean, everybody on the defense projected starters are juniors or seniors and then eight out of 11 on the offense. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the transfers pan out. Um, and also, like you said, Clay Millen, um, transfer from Nevada played against Colorado state last year um, and got some playing time against them as well um, because they beat Colorado state so badly. Um, And yeah, when I was looking at the schedule, that game against Iowa also caught my eye where they almost pulled up the upset. I mean, just a 10 point loss against um, a a team that went to the big 10 championship. That's impressive. Um, So they obviously have showed some fight, um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Colorado state hang around in the first couple quarters. Of this one, obviously we don't see Michigan losing this game. Um, but 31 is a lot of points to take. And I think I would probably take Colorado state to cover the spread. So that's something. Yeah. There, there's also a difference in philosophy, uh, under Jay Norvell. Now we'll see. Uh, so Jay Norvell, uh, comes over from Nevada, which is why you see, uh, so many Nevada transfers and he had, you know, obviously some, some success with the Wolfpack. Uh, he comes over and he brings, you know, we remember that in uh, those Nevada offenses, um, really being able to sling the football around. You know, uh, Michigan State a few years ago had a, uh, had a pretty good scare. Was it Nevada? Or am I, th- I think I might be thinking of Utah State. But uh, I know Nevada, you know, has, has had some success at, with that air raid offense. Now, that's going to be a completely different. That's why you look at last year and some of these scores. Uh, there are a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, they were running the football a whole lot last year at Colorado State. That's going to be completely different. I think the secondary is going to get tested uh, for Michigan, and we'll see what these edge rushers are made of, you know, because all of a sudden you, you lose to, you know, first-round guys, which David Ajabo would have been, as we've mentioned before, you know, how are we going to see Mike Morris, Taylor Upshaw, you know, are we going to see these guys be able to get after the quarterback a little bit? Because they're going to need it because um, that secondary is going to get tested for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm glad you brought up the coaching change because really the transfers, all the transfers from Nevada and from other schools and the coaching change, it's really hard to prepare for a new scheme that Mm -hmm. this team wasn't doing last year. Um, and all the new players that they didn't have last year. Um, and, you know, it's different than if all these new players are true freshmen. Like, these are guys that have experience. Um, so I feel like it'll be a little bit of a hard team to play for. Obviously, Michigan has the advantage in talent um, and, and, and athletes on the squad. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how – I, I think, we, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot. I think the offense for Michigan is going to be just fine. But it's going to be really interesting to see how that new defense settles in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're also returning uh, their top rusher from a year ago in David Bailey. Um, I I have seen, you know, Phil Steele actually projects uh, Ajon Vivens uh, to be the lead back here this year. Both those guys just a hair under four yards a carry. Uh, but David Bailey, he rushed for 752 yards and nine touchdowns a year ago. Uh, they lost their top pass catcher in Trey McBride, but they do return their next three uh, top pass catchers, Dante. Wright had 43 receptions for 540 yards and three touchdowns a year ago. Ty McCullough, 24 receptions, 415 yards and a touchdown. And Gary Williams was actually their leading touchdown uh, grabber. 21 receptions, 287 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, He is going to be coming back as well uh, from the tight end position. So, uh, yeah, they've got some guys that they're returning that produced a year ago. Plus, you add in all the transfers from Nevada and Hey man, you know this this could be an offense, and we don't know how much they're going to have down either, right? It's a brand new system uh, for a majority of the guys, not the Nevada guys that are transferring in, but the other guys. Uh, but for the Nevada guys, I mean, they got to step up. They know the they know the system, so they've got a leg up on the rest of everyone else. It might be pretty seamless for them as well. That's one thing to consider. Yeah, and 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 their quarterback coming over from Nevada. I mean, that's a huge that's a huge advantage for him too. Obviously, as as he's the one running the offense, um, having a lot of the the receiving core back, it's going to be really interesting for the Michigan secondary. And one thing that I'm really excited for is I think that we are definitely going to see uh, freshman Will Johnson come into this one mm-hmm. uh, against Colorado State. Um, I believe he was second on the depth chart that Michigan put out. Um, and, and, you know, that's just kind of one of the freshmen, obviously, everybody's had their eyes on. Um, and I think that he's probably going to be a big strength in the secondary this year. And I'm really excited to see him get a chance against them because, like you said, they're, they're going to be testing out the Michigan secondary. For sure. And you look at – so if you look at last year – uh, for Nevada, they averaged about 35.7 points per game, whereas this Colorado State offense a year ago averaged just 23.7 points per game. So you'd imagine that automatically is going to get a tick up just with the style of play you know that they have. I don't think this Colorado State defense uh, is going to have nearly enough for the Michigan offense, obviously, but it's a good early season test for, for the Michigan defense, which I'm uh, very excited to see. Like you mentioned, a guy like Will Johnson, um, he's going to get tested early on. And, you know, some of these other guys like, like uh, you know, um, Rod Moore and, uh, you know, potentially we'll, we'll see uh, Jamon Green get tested a little bit as well. Uh, I don't think we're, we're too worried uh, about DJ Turner because he is uh, he's fantastic. You know, he's going to be one of the best corners of the Big Ten uh, here this year. But there's uh, some guys that you're just still waiting to see, like Jamon, like Will Johnson, some guys, you know, like Rod Moore, who's a sophomore, R.J. Moten, you know, in the back end of that defense. This is going to be this is going to be a little trial by fire for him, I think, in week one. And it, it, I think it might surprise some people. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, obviously I don't think it's going to be as as scary, um, but I could kind of see it going kind of like the Colorado game in 2016 to where you're not really expecting any fight from them. You're expecting a blowout, and then, you know, you show that, okay, they can pack some punches, and it kind of takes a while to get into it, but you still get a comfortable win. Obviously, I think Michigan only won that game by 17. I definitely see this one being bigger. Um but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of expecting Colorado State to be able to move the ball 
pretty not pretty well but but better in the first half and maybe put a couple scores on the board um but like you said i don't think that colorado state's defense while they do have a lot of experienced guys with the upperclassmen i don't think that they are going to have nearly enough to contain michigan's offense um but but this is definitely a game where you could take a look at the over because i think that we could get a decent amount of points scored for sure i still think i I, I don't try to overreact uh, to a lot of games, but you and I kind of talked about this before. Like, you go back to 2019, and the writing was on the wall, you know, uh, from the Middle Tennessee game and the Army game that that season wasn't going to be that great. I mean, you go back to 2017, and the fact that Air Force gave Michigan a battle, there was probably some uh, some writing on the wall on what that season was going to be like. If Michigan struggles a bit against Colorado State, I, I'm not going to be hitting the panic button immediately because of how much talent they have on the offensive side of the football, but there certainly will be concern for me. I think I need to see Michigan, you know, kind of dominate this game and win by three, four touchdowns to really have a good feeling about the rest of the year. If not, I won't overreact. I'll, I'll give them a couple more chances because the non-conference is so bad, but it will have me a little concerned. I know that sounds crazy, but it's just, uh, I think back to a lot of close wins in years past, go back to like the uh, the the Taylor Lewan year. Uh, I believe he was a, a senior. Remember they they started four and zero, but they really struggled. You know, beat a bad UConn team on the road, but really struggled in that game to beat them. And I remember saying, you know, we're not going to apologize for being four and zero. It just it, that that season ended up being bad. There wasn't a very good football team. Um, so I I think it's a good. I think there are some good indicators you can get from bad non conference games. You know, you always hear that. Uh, oh, you, you can never, you know, you're not going to learn anything about Michigan in the, in the first couple of weeks. We know, uh, well, we didn't know, but when you, you hindsighted a little bit, you go back, they dominated, dominated Western Michigan. They ran Northern Illinois off the field. That was the eventual MAC champs, you know, and, and they dominated. I know Washington obviously was down last year, but they dominated the games they should dominate, and that's exactly what good teams do. And if they're not able to do that, I'm going to be slightly concerned for the season, given how much they lost, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. No, dude, I'll, I'm totally with you. I, I would be concerned too. Cause I remember in 2017 and 2019 when those games happened, I was like, I, I, I vividly remember walking into the big house and since against Cincinnati, um, first game in 2017 thinking, yeah, the Cincinnati game think- too. That's a, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. The Cincinnati and air force games, those were very good indicators for what that team actually was. Yeah, Cincinnati put up a fight. I mean, it was 17-14. Like, it was back and forth until Michigan got like a pick six and a couple couple big plays towards the end. But I remember thinking, like, oh, why are Cincinnati fans coming here to watch their team lose by 60 points? And then I was concerned after that. I was concerned after airport. Like, I just I got that sinking feeling like, okay, maybe this season wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And if that happens against Colorado State, I'm definitely going to get those same feelings. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to happen but obviously I didn't think it was going to happen then um but yeah there's there's certainly going to be a lot to learn during these two weeks I mean from whether or not it's a dominating win or a close game obviously we have our quarterback battle like there is so much to learn during this first few weeks and like you said especially yeah at Colorado State they might be able to cause some problems but especially if Michigan were to have problems with a team like Hawaii in week two then, then we're definitely going to have some cause for concern. Yeah, so it's it's going to be fun, though, and, and I'm hoping that it, it turns out to be great. And, you know, the thing is, this is a completely different situation than Michigan was in, you know, last year. Obviously, you know, the their win total was around seven games, you know, last year. No one expected Michigan to do anything outside of the AP Top 25 to begin the year. 
uh, there were no expectations for that team a year ago. They were kind of able to use that as their identity a little bit. But now that you're sitting on the mountaintop, that you're on the throne, you come into this season with all these expectations, you know, you're, you're kind of experimenting here uh, with the quarterback position in the first couple of weeks. Uh, it, it could be a lot. You just hope there's as good a leadership on this year's team as there was on last year's team because ultimately that's what it's going to come down to because they're talented enough, no question, to compete for a Big Ten championship. But if they don't have the leadership, ultimately they're going to get tripped up a couple times this season. Yeah, definitely. And that's why, I mean, having Cade back is so big because we all know that he's such a good leader. Um, and and that, another thing is that I, I will say I'm really happy about how heavy of a favorite Ohio State is in the Big Ten this year. Because, you know, Michigan just beat them. They finally won the Big Ten, and now they're still seeing themselves as a big underdog in the Conference East Ohio State. I mean, Michigan's plus 800 to win the Big Ten on FanDuel right after they just won the conference and have so much talent on the offense and a lot of young, talented guys on the defense too. Um, So I think that that's still going to be a big thing that they can use um, for a little chip on their shoulder this year. Uh, so, you know, even though they're on the mountaintop, you know, they're still not the team that's expected to win. They're still not expected to beat Ohio State. Uh, so they got to use that and, and kind of feed that into their identity this year, too. But man, all the talk that we've done since the end of last year, spring practice, all training camp. Guess what, man? Next time we do this show, we're going to be taking a look back at what happened on the field in an actual meaningful football game. Dude, that is that made me smile. That makes me so happy. I cannot wait. Obviously, we still have a ton of fun doing the show all throughout the year, but when you're really talking about the game that just happened and your midseason, it, it just doesn't get any better than that. And obviously, uh, Scotty and I's schedule just didn't work out here this week. Hoping to get the live show going next week. Uh, we'll let you know uh, if, uh, you know, StreamYard is, you know, kind of uh, cooperating and we can get that going on the Maze and Brew YouTube page. So make sure you keep a lookout for that. Scotty, uh, where can we find you on social media, my friend? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore Scotty spelled S-C-O-T-T-Y. We're finally back with football, and we will be bringing you guys podcasts and articles all year long. Great content, and you can find it all on my Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I, and make sure to follow the Maze and Brew uh, page as well because that's how you get notified on all the articles and all the podcasts. You can also subscribe, rate, leave a review, let us know what you think of the show, and make sure to subscribe to the Maze and Brew YouTube page so you don't miss uh, when we go live. You can come in, chat, and we love interacting with you uh, when we do the show as well. So that's about going to wrap it up for us here this week on Brewcast. So excited. That game one is finally here. Game week, man. There's there's nothing better for my partner, Scotty White. I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.